0: Hi everyone, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome back to our podcast, Books and Beyond with Bound, Season 4, where we speak to some of the finest writers in India to find out what makes them tick.
1: Yes, and we are editors, podcasters and storytellers. And through Bound, we help you create stories and put them out into the world. I'm so excited
0: because on today's episode, we speak to the big-hearted Sudha Murthy, whose love for children is so contagious. I love reading her children's books because they make us so close to our childhood, and some of the books make us feel very close to nature, especially her latest book, How Mother Earth Got Its Beauty.
1: Yeah, and actually since we announced this episode, Tara, we have received so many questions from children, parents, fans, from outside India as well. So we have crowdsourced all of the questions. We have picked the most interesting questions and included them in our special section on this episode.
0: So in the episode, we also unpack her writing for children and for adults. Um, She's 71 years old and she's keeping on managing to writing, which she talks about in the episode. Um, she writes in Kannada, she writes in English, she's won a Padma Shri award and she also does a lot of charity. So we actually learned a lot about not only her process but also from her wisdom. Um, she's opened up libraries throughout India and she spoke to us about how she uses those programs to reach more readers and that's something that you know we are really really interested in because A lot of people come to us and they ask us you know how do we make our books reach more people how do we increase readership um and it's such a big problem you know speaking to readers is is another ball game altogether Uh, and that's why podcasts like this are so so important and that's why we started our book marketing services to help writers reach the right audience so if you want your book to have a wider audience you want your book to reach the relevant readers do reach out to us on our social media platforms at Bound India. Um, and we will get in touch with you and we will tell you a little bit more about this.
1: Yes, but for now, I can't wait to speak to Sudha Muti. Let's dive in. We're so excited to have you here today.
0: Ma'am, thank you for your
1: time.
2: Nice, nice talking to Tara and Michelle.
1: <laughs> and we have actually divided this um, episode into four sections. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the first one will include, you know, uh, your experiences as a teacher, your experiences writing children's books, and how your philosophies came about. And the second very special section has all the crowdsource questions from all your fans. The moment we announced that we will be recording with you, we got so many questions. So we picked out the best from them. And the section three will be a rapid fire round. There, mm. you'll just be expected to answer in one word. So it will be yeah. a fun section.
0: We loved your most recent book, How the Earth Got Its Beauty. And the mm. book talks about the origin of life on Earth and how it came about. Uh, mm. So could you tell us a little bit more about how you created this uh, world through these three young girls? So each girl has a very unique gift. So why did you choose to tell the story through these three young girls? And could you tell us a bit more about the book?
2: Yes um someone asked me the, uh, you know the earth did not begin the way you have written but yours is so different i said this is a story book it is not a history book it is not an anthropology book it is a story book and it is with the children so it has to be with god it has to be with water it has to be something very nice and smooth thinking about earth when i travel on my work, I always wonder the beauty of the earth, how it changes 100 kilometer, 150 kilometer, you travel. There's a desert, there's a forest, there's a dense forest, there is a waterfall, you know, and uh, there, there's a crowded city. And sometimes there are valleys. If you go in the north, there are snow-clad mountains, etc. So if you look at the uh, whole canvas of the picture, then you feel who is that person who has done such a beautiful painting And what is the reason behind that? And particularly in pandemic, I realized the more we abuse nature, one or other day nature will get upset with us and show her real nature that she does not withstand all these cruelties on her. That came into my mind and I thought about writing a storybook for children, where we are to share, we should not abuse nature, we must use things as much as we want, not more than that. And this book book came out. The book is so beautiful. I really like the kind of um, pictures which I have drawn by Priyanka Pach, Pachpande.
1: Actually, even though the book is for children, you know, Tara and I loved it. Because it, it made us feel closer to nature, actually. Uh, because of the pandemic, you know, we are all indoors. And it's really difficult for us to really envision that. But your book took us closer to that. So... It was it was a wonderful experience. Um, so before we get into more uh, writing questions, ma'am, one thing that we really want to know is how do you manage to stay so positive? You have been through so much in life. You have achieved so much, and there's so much warmth in your smile, like that comes across even in your writing. There's so much of empathy. So, like, what's your secret to staying so positive? This is one of the questions that our listeners <laughs> wanted
2: to know the most. Yes, <laughs> it is <was> very simple, you <laughs> know. Eh, it is a mindset actually, the saying, you know, half a glass of water. Whether you said I have half or I have only half. Right, right from the beginning, I, I want to look life in a positive angle because it gives you strength and it also helps you to go further. Uh, and if you think negative, then you stop there only. And second thing is, you know, when you look back in life, there is like what Buddha says, there is nothing permanent. What exists today does not exist tomorrow. So, nothing is permanent. So, why so much think negativity in a negative way? So, the best mantra I have is, this too shall pass.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that gives me a lot
2: of strength in life.
0: Yeah, ma'am. I think I'll also sort of try and incorporate that. My nanny also always tells me this too shall pass. Uh, And speaking about, you know, grandmothers, one of the things that Michelle and I noticed when we were reading, so we read, obviously, you know, this is your latest book, but we've been reading your books for quite a while. Um, And even your children's books, you know, are very beloved to us. And we noticed that in all of your, in a lot of your books, there's a grandmother character uh, that shows up a lot. Uh, right from your book, you know, how I taught my grandmother to read to your latest book. So what about the nature of grandmother grandchild relationship influences your writing? <laughs> <laughs>
2: on, a, on a lighter side, they have a common enemy.
0: <laughs>
2: no, because I grew up with my grandmother and she had, and I learned a lot from her. And that is the reason... For me, grandmother symbolizes affection, unconditional love, even though you make a little bit indiscipline, okay, a little bit, okay. Um, then, you know, when I used to hug her, I used to get that warm feeling, okay, from her. And I'm a grandmother now, and I all my grandchildren say the same thing, you know. So to be a grandmother, is you have a lot of experience, and you can teach someone uncondi- with unconditional love. And you can always preach in the form of a story than giving a moral lesson. That's what I consider as a grandmother.
1: Right. I think and that, that relationship is, is really special and, and I think only through your creativity you can really, I think distill that love or distill that warmth and create such interesting stories for children um, throughout. So can you tell us that one moment from your childhood when you knew you wanted to be a storyteller? When I was a child, we did not have any entertainment. We didn't have TV,
2: forget about TV, we did not have electricity. I'm 70 years old now, 71. So I'm talking about 65 years back. In my village, there was no electricity. And we'll work between 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the evening, you know, I will sit and grandmother will tell some stories. The stories actually helped me a lot to imagine. Imagine. And when I was in school, uh, the teachers, whenever they're upset, either on a maternity leave or they are on leave. Then I was a class monitor, I have to hold the class. When I was to hold the class, the best way I thought was holding the class is, you know, when you are about 10, 12 years old kid, you want to really show your power because you are a class monitor. So uh, <laughs> yeah. the best way other uh, other monitors is to say, no, no talking, keep quiet. But whereas I never did that. I said, okay, I'll tell you a story. So I started telling stories in school only, which I read from book or I heard, or I have created little smaller stories, etc. So that became my habit of telling stories, and I realized that the attention I can hold for 45 minutes of my fellow classmates. Not telling, don't talk, don't make noise, keep quiet. None of them I used. So I realized the power of story at any age is very attractive for listeners. But if you tell a story in a right way, depending on Who are your listeners? And that developed me later part as a storyteller.
0: Uh, I just remember, you know, there is so much power in storytelling because even when, you know, your kid, all your grandmoms always, you know, narrate these stories to you and that's how you learn so many things. Uh, But, you know, nowadays children are so influenced by uh, social media, digital platforms. It's a different context. So... For you, ma'am, you know, you've been writing for so long. What is it write, uh, like writing chil, uh, for stories for children in today's age when they're so influenced by online platforms?
2: I agree. I agree. And again, today's grandmothers are also very different. Okay. <laughs> See, someone told me, my, my, you wrote grandmother telling stories. But my grandmother, she told me, my, girl, my grandmother is so busy in seeing the TV series. Okay. <laughs> One is listening to Ramayana someone telling you, most attractive is seeing it on electronic media. less is seeing it uh, reading it through cartoons. Third one is reading a scripture books without their picture. Fourth one is listening from somebody. But it is an art if you make it better than the electronic media, then you you will be able to create uh, an interest, but you have to work hard. For example, uh, you know I, I used to describe you know how, how is Rama? How is Krishna? How is our India? How was Chandragupta Maurya? You know, all this, uh, we can see on TV also, you can also talk. But TV, you have a lot more romantic uh, uh, things and we can eliminate all those things and tell children, how was Chanakya? And how was Ashoka? In your own words, you can create that atmosphere and tell children, then they will listen. But you have to work very hard for that. Then you have to tell your children, look, your imagination increases when you listen to someone who tells because my grandfather described, how was uh, uh, Vishnu, Lord Vishnu, Uh, okay, how was the God, I mean, Indian way I'm talking, he has has his bluish color, he's very tall. So that made me to imagine a Lord in my mind of so huge uh, structure in my mind. But when I asked my daughter, uh, describe Ram, she described Arun Govil was Ram in uh, Sagar's Ramayana. Because yeah. <laughs> so she has seen Rama on the screen, whereas I never saw Rama on the screen. I read about him. So you, if you create a character with a lot more imagination, it helps children a lot more than just merely telling, telling a story. Now in today's electronic media, you can always tell children, look, you have to see, we can't escape. This is a reality. If you want to see electronic media, anything, it's a once a week, two hours, you will get it, not more than that. You should exercise. You should, you know, plead. You should cajole. You should tell that is not acceptable. And first, you should not see electronic media sure, before sure. them. Mm. You know, I never had big TV when my child was small. Until he was twelfth class, he passed out. I did not take TV. I said no. I will also not see with you. We are rather together read a book. You know, you have to go an extra mile to interest them for some time. Later, they could get up. You know,
1: I totally agree that, you know, the, if the writing is descriptive, it makes a child imagine. So actually, after I read your story, how I taught my grandmother to read, I actually went on YouTube and saw the adaptation and it just made it, it made me relive that whole experience again. And I think they have really done justice to your story because it was descriptive in the first place. So that's why it was very easy for them to adapt it. So I really wanted to know, uh, ma'am, I've noticed that all your children's books begin with how? From you know how the earth got its beauty to you know how I taught my grandmother to read or how the sea became salty. So I want to know what about this really attracts children, ma'am. Yeah, because I'm basically an engineer and
2: I have an analytical mind. And I look at it how it happened, why it happened. And children's minds are very curious, why earth? Because these are the tell me why questions. Okay. And children will ask such questions. Tell me why, tell me how. And that's the reason the titles have come like
0: this. And I think even as adults, you know, how the sea became salty, that, that, that question was so know. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I to know more about it. <laughs> so I think it's it really makes you connect with your inner child as well. Uh, so ma'am, a couple of years ago, I had attended one of your book launches uh, for The Serpent's Revenge. And in that time, you said that if you tell children morals directly, they don't like it, but you can hide the meaning in the story. So I wanted to know, you know, how, you choose which, how do you choose which morals to give? Uh, do you choose the moral first or do you think of the story first and then see what can you teach in the story? Neither of them,
2: the story uh, comes to me. Okay. The story comes to me and I write and then I write. I will not try and, you know, oh, I have to tell them uh, to tell truth. I have to make a story. No. The story chooses me to write and when I'm writing, i realize what the story is and then i, I make small adaptation some corrections etc but the story comes on its
1: right i think that's the best way to approach um, any story and we'll definitely keep that in mind so i was wondering ma'am you i mean i consider uh, teaching as one of the most noble professions in the world and you believe in the power of stories uh, in education and you've been a teacher for most of your life so what makes a good teacher according to you as a
2: teacher Patience, patience makes you a good teacher because in my class of 60, let us assume that 50 will understand, 10 will not understand. So I will repeat it. The people who understood that 50 people, they get bored. People who are not understood, if you don't repeat, they will get bored. My aim is to see those 10 people should understand. So I repeat many times or if the person comes after class hours and ask me the question, I will sit and reply patiently, you know, whatever the answer. So patience and love for children, love for teaching, love for children. That makes you a good teacher.
0: Yeah. You know, some of my friends are teachers and that's, uh, you know, I keep asking them, how you do it uh, because children are so naughty and they all reply patience. So that's such an interesting answer. We really feel your love for children when we read these stories because they are so heartwarming. Uh, but we really wanted to know, you know, uh, you, you, you're a te- you've been a teacher, uh, you know, all of these books, I'm sure they've taught kids so much. But one of the stories that I really liked in uh, the book I taught my grandmother to read was the story of how your daughter told you uh, about giving back. And then that's how you became the chairperson of Infosys Foundation. So we wanted to know, you know, what are the things that you have learned from children?
2: A lot a lot actually one is there unbiased it doesn't matter who i am you know i was in kolkata i always tell this story the school gang came for listening to the stories or the book uh, opening and uh, they told me to read a book one lesson in that and i was reading one years boy kid got up and said nani ji you write very well but you can't read well i said maybe better how come he said i go for dramatics and i know how to modulate your voice and they say you should not Read just tell that you have to modulate your voice. I said, okay. Then you read this and he read very well. That time, and then teachers saying, No, 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 please sit down, please. And I said, No. you oh, know, because teachers felt, how can they tell the author like this? For them, I'm a storyteller. For me, he is my teacher. And that day onwards, I said, I will write a story, but somebody should read. Okay. Particularly children should read. So children are open-minded, not biased, frank, and bold. They enjoy small things like like a kite flying a kite a boat in the rainy season these are children happiness is in small things small droplets small things actually make them so happy that
1: unbiased happiness when you're a child you think there's no limit to anything right so when you think what would you be when you grow up there are endless possibilities and we know that, ma'am, you were the first female engineer hired by Tata, right? And now women are slowly getting into the mm. field, even though there are quite, I will say, there's a very big disparity. But I will say things are changing, right? Earlier, women were anonymous authors, but now they're getting exposure. So I want to know what would you like to tell girls, you know, young girls who are wishing to explore science and the arts? No,
2: this is a new era. There's nothing a boy or a girl now, actually. Uh, you know, um... Uh, my, my Both parents became old, and actually, me and my sister will look after them. Actually, so my mother, when she was old, she used to tell me what a myth that only boys look after. It's always, on the contrary, it's the daughters actually who look after their parents better because they have unconditional love with their parents. I always believe women have a lot more managerial capacity, a lot more patience, a lot more. She's like a Durga, Durga has 16 hands, each hand has one weapon. That she represents like a woman represents Durka. That means she can read and write. She can run the family. She can go and earn, she will look after children. She will serve her parents. Okay? She will look out, You know? She will read, write. She will go to the war like in military. You have. She is courageous. She is compassionate. So look at her. She has enormous capacity. We don't. Have, we do not know how to tap. Please tap your own personality because it's a hidden jump. There are many Kohinoors inside you. Don't worry about the one Kohinoor which is in England. You have many Kohinoor gems in your heart. Please untap and enjoy.
0: It. What a nice metaphor. <laughs> Thank you for expressing it in that way. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, coming back to your writing, you write for such different age groups. You write for adults and even within the children's groups, you've written for 5 to 8 year olds, 10 onwards, 7 to 10. Each of these age groups is so different. So, how do you switch that hat and how do you write for these different age groups?
2: If I had to write five to seven, then I'll become five to seven first, okay? How I look life when I'm between five and seven, okay so I, I I think in their mind, I put my feet in their shoes and think that way, and then it becomes very easy for me to write. If I am seventy and write for seven, then it don't then everything is like you know, oh, it's okay. What is there left in life, etc. But if I'm seven, well, there's so much in life.
0: Yeah, totally. And I remember had the same experience because I'm an editor. So I was editing a children's book uh, for 12-year-olds. And I actually, I had to speak to some 12-year-olds and I had to try very hard to become a 12-year-old. So ma'am, Kung, kudos <laughs> to you at 70, getting into the minds of seven-year-olds. <laughs> seven. Yeah.
2: My granddaughter was telling me the other day, hey, you are 71. So... How can you blow so many candles? 71 is a lot. I said, but I I, told her, tell me some a solution. You are more intelligent than me. So tell me. The moment I said, you are more intelligent, she became very happy. Okay. Because they are all kids. They require some pat on their back. She said, I have a solution, Ajit. Just ch- interchange
1: your number. It becomes 17. Put 17 <laughs> candles and you can. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <go."> <laughs> So ma'am, we, we read uh, that, you know, you actually think about your characters when you go on your morning walks. Yeah. So we were curious, has anything changed for you during the pandemic regarding your writing routine? Uh, not really, because, you know, in the pandemic, I'm extremely busy. Uh, okay. uh, I run a foundation,
2: Infosys Foundation, oh. and we established a hospital. We, we made a dry ration of 100,000, 1 lakh kids. Then we have to run for the vaccination. To talk to people, the, you know, we have vaccination camp. Just now, I finished. 180 people got vaccinated today. So we are preparing for the third wave. So actually, my work has increased a lot in pandemic because I'm working from home. If I were in office, there are many people who do many work. Today, I have to have all the time phone calls. So the, no, it's not changed much except that I don't travel. Otherwise, I'm extremely busy. That's then in pandemic. Actually, I wrote three books. One is how the earth got its beauty. The other one is. Uh, grandparents' packs of stories. Uh, third one is uh, which is going to come in November, I think. Third book on my thoughts.
0: Congrats, ma'am. I I I read the I read the grandparents' bag of stories as well. Transported yeah. me back to my childhood where my nani Nana would uh, tell me stories. So you know, ma'am, we also re, uh, you know you're so busy and you're doing so many things. Uh, but we also read that you read a lot every day, and you read 100, and 100 to hundred and fifty pages every day. So how do you do that?
2: I require reading; otherwise, I can't sleep. It's okay, and I'm a, and I'm a fast reader because I'm used to reading. No? Uh, we depend on what book I have actually. Uh, right now, uh, I have Rakesh Om Prakash Mehra's autobiography. I'm reading that biography. Is there?
1: <laughs> That's lovely, Ram. Okay, so ma'am, now we come to I would say a very special section, which is these are the questions from your fans. So they really, so the very first question that everyone wants to know because a lot of parents follow your work because they love to you know um, share it with their children. Most of them want to know how do we get small kids to start reading because it's very difficult for them to um, concentrate. Very difficult for them to read a full book. So what is your advice, ma'am?
2: What I have done, I will tell you. When the children were small, I used to read for them. They will run away. Then I'll bring them back. They will run away. I'll bring them back. Then read simple stories to them with not great vocabulary, simple vocabulary. And later when they grew up, I said, okay, today is a reading time. Every day is a reading time, half an hour, one hour. That time I'll sit with them and i read my book. They will read there. When they came to teenagers, they won't listen to me. Then I said, okay, beta. For your sake, I am telling you, books are never failing friends. And their birthdays, I always give books. And their friends' birthdays also, I gave them. So I made it. You should read first. Mother should read first. Father should read first. That you can't tell children, you read the book and I will play video game. Or you tell children, okay, I will do my office work and you sit and read the book. No, they won't do. We are the role models for children. If they have to read the book, we have to read the book. Sit in a place. Both of us will read the book. And that should. We should understand children will not read on their own until they are a certain age. You have to do that sacrifice, reading a book along with them. And you should love the books. You should talk about books. My grandfather is still, you know, every book has a life. Don't keep it on the ground. Keep it on a table. Cover it. So you have to teach, talk about book, take somebody's house, or if you go to someone's house, give books as a gift. and And take them to libraries, take them to bookshops, make them to buy books.
0: I couldn't agree more, ma'am. I remember when I was a kid, my parents would... We, I had a huge bookshelf full of books. My parents would always be reading to me. And my nanny always told me, don't put a book on the floor, don't throw a book. You know, book had ultimate respect. Uh, so, but the next question is from our audience, from your fans, they want to know who is your favorite author?
2: When I was young, I'm a Canada medium person. You know, I used to read Canada. Uh, all my education, up to 10th class was in Canada. So Kannada writers were my, uh, I used to like Kannada writers, like Triveni, Ishivaram Karanth and SL Bairappa. Later, I started reading in English. So normally, by and large, I like English authors. Their English is very beautiful. I feel that way. Uh, and uh, not one person. It goes on changing. It goes on changing year to year, decade to decade. There's not one person. But good book uh, is always my greatest weakness. Like I have another book today. I got it from Amazon. After the session, immediately I want to scan through that for 10 minutes. Then I'll do my work and I'm preparing for the night reading. That.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Which which book is that, ma'am? A
2: book uh, in Canada. The person who becomes uh, a vice chancellor in the amarkantak University in, on the Narmada base. And he talks about the beauty of that uh, forest and Amarkantak area in Madhya Pradesh that I want I'm reading
1: oh there. right actually ma'am you know my mother tongue is kannada and i really wish i knew because yeah. my father is a fluent speaker and and i've read uh, one kannada novel which was a translation which is Gachar gochar by vivek shanbag and yeah. i really really like that story but i feel i'm missing out on so much more but uh, maybe one day i want to learn the language and read much more yes.
2: you have to try beta you have to try to learn the language, you have to work very hard. For example, I was in Maharashtra. I was in Maharashtra and I said, okay, I knew Marathi, but I said, if I have to be in Maharashtra for some time, then I should understand the nuance. You know, the, the intricacies, nuances, and other things of that language and culture. And the only way to know that is to learn, to read Marathi. And I started reading. I knew Anyway, alphabets uh, because of the Devanagari script. And I became very fluent reader in Marathi and I enjoyed. If you want to know the culture of if you want to know the culture of that state where you live, then you must know that language. Language is not just the communication. Language is also embedded along culture. If you want to know Kannada culture, it is preferable you should know Kannada language. So today I can manage five seven languages because for me learning a language is the learning a culture.
0: I love that saying, ma'am. I will remember it and I will try and always follow it. Because- One of the questions that our listeners had for you is, which do you like better? Do you like writing for adults better or do you like writing
2: for children better? For children, I have to think two times, three times. Because their mind is like a wet wall. And what you write, if they read, then it is like etching with a glass piece on the wet wall. Even the wall dries, it remains. So you should not use wrong words. You should not convey wrong messages so you should be very careful when you write and I, and you should be always with a positive attitude because i don't want children should go through the negative attitude and that's a, that is i don't personally i won't want i don't want it and i won't like it so writing for adult is much more easier
0: okay ma'am so uh, one of the last questions so we noticed that uh, you know in your books in the introduction you talk about uh, the story behind the inspiration so for example in your book uh, the Magic of the Lost Temple, you wrote about how that story came for, to you, uh, you know, because of your granddaughter Nooni. Uh, so could you tell, could you maybe narrate uh, that story for our listeners?
2: Uh, Anushka is my granddaughter. We we'll call her Nooni. And uh, she always tells me, tell me some historical story, stories, okay? And, uh, you know, I do tell her uh, some stories, like I talked about Pompeii. Then uh, I talked about Mohenjadar Harappa. She wants a story which is real and which is also historical but which is also a little bit of imagination. Okay, that kind. Then I talked about the caves of the Badami of Karnataka. Okay, how the caves were made, etc. Then uh, once I was telling her uh, something in Gujarat or uh, and talked about step well. She said she's in England so she won't understand what is step well. Then I told her step well is a well where you where you have enormous steps to go inside and fetch the water, but it's just not a well, it's also an art piece. And I've seen one, I told her that, Adlaj uh, in uh, near Ahmedabad, I told her that. And then she said, oh, why can't you write a story for that? Then I really did research for three years. The first step well was built in 10,000, exactly 10,000, sorry, 1,000 AD in Karnataka at Laxmesh, uh, at Lakundi. and the uh, there is a story behind that, there is a general Nagadeva, and he went to Malwa or Gujarat uh, in a war, and he died there. But uh, Karnataka Kingdom, uh, Chaluk uh, Ch- Kalyani Chalukyas won that kingdom of Malwa, which is today's Gujarat. Then they took some of the uh, sculptures from uh, sculptures from the Karnataka, and they originally is done in Lakundi, a very small one, step well and they exaggerated made t- 100 times more in Adla- in, in uh, gujarat and from there the concept of step well started you have chand you have abhaneri you have Ranikniwau, then you have uh, uh, in delhi uh, many agra sen baoli no i made and then you have in uh, karnataka in uh, 13th century uh, Haisala kingdom uh, near Harbedu, they, they have Shantala's, uh, step well so uh, and Dumbled you have a stepwell. So I went on studying different types of stepwell in different states, and then I may I understood the cause effect of the stepwell, and then I wrote that. So it took three years for me to make a tour, understand, then conceive the story, then why a stepwell is made and how uh, you know you have to protect it, why you have to protect it, etc. So the Nuri is a real character in that the grandmother is with me, and the conversation is real. But the
1: story is imagined. Yeah, yes, and it's so nice to know you did so much of research, ma'am, because I think you know this also shows your love uh, of knowing how it came about and right? how the step well came about. So I think it was it was very interesting for me to know. And and nowadays with the internet, oh, I think all of us, you know, it's so easy to do research, but I'm sure at your time, it would have been, you know, very different and very interesting, like going to libraries and actually picking books and doing the research. No, apart from that, I can still get all step well
2: it happened about fire 2015. I wrote Mooniva Stepwell. Okay, it is not far about 10-20 years back. I could have done all this research uh, on on Google, on Wikipedia. But going there, the kind of atmosphere you get, the kind of loss you feel, the kind of sadness you feel. Such a beautiful piece of art has become now abandoned, and sacrifices how people made for to save their stepwells. All these, like you know, uh, in uh, in one of the step wells, it's it said that she started building a step the queen started, uh, uh, you know, building a step well, and they lost the kingdom. And uh, then the uh, she was so beautiful, and the sultan wanted to marry her. And she said, "Okay, I have only one condition. I'll complete the step well, and then you can marry." Then he spent a lot of money in the step well. And that day, she dressed herself for the bride. And she went. Then she said, "I'll go around the step well and see how beautiful it has come." And she did that, and she jumped into the well. It is so sad, it is sad, but it also shows what kind of a life they had. So I always believe to go historical places, stand there and transport myself, what it would have been thousand years back, what would have been 700 years back. And that kind of a, 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 a kind of a experience you get, I never get in research.
0: There's nothing like being in a place yourself and letting your imagination take over. And you have such a rich imagination. So I can just imagine. Um, so ma'am, you know, we were our listeners were also very curious. Uh, does Mr. Narayan Murthy read your
2: stories? Does he give you any feedback? Mr. No, Murthy is like? extremely <laughs> fond of scientific reading, a new computing, a new age computing, computer in different era or such things. And he knows... You know, for example, adult book episodes, he knows. Because I do discuss on the dining table, this happened, that happened. He knows the story. He reads it, but he doesn't give any feedback. He always says, oh, it's fantastic. You know, I said, no, Murthy, tell me where I go wrong. I said, no, no, it's very good. Because he said, I can't reproduce the way you do. So he he doesn't give any feedback. But he he knows. He knows all my stories.
0: Great. And one of our favorite stories was uh, in the book, How I Taught My Grandmother How to Read when you told about how you lent you know, lent the money to uh, mr murthy to start infosys and i'm sure that is a great lesson for ch- i'm sure the children would love reading that story um, and also you know you said that uh, listen to your mother and keep money aside so that was very nice <laughs> i'm pretty
2: bad in uh, uh, in economics you know i don't invest any money anywhere anything the only investment i made in my life was 10000 rupees given to mr
1: murthy well <laughs>
2: Otherwise,
1: I don't know. Wow, and that was the best decision. <laughs> yeah, I know, actually, reading that, ma'am, like, I was reminded of my childhood, because my mom said the same thing, She and she used the very same phrase, like, you know, saving for a rainy day. So, when I saw that in your book, I was so happy. Uh, it just brought back those memories, ma'am. And, just to add to that about what you said, you know, when you're like physically present in a place and experiencing that is different. Actually, I was just telling Tara, it would have been so nice if we could have recorded this in person and actually sat across you and spoke to you. It would have been awesome uh, in, in, in Bangalore. Yeah. And actually, uh, you know, ma'am, uh, this Mr. Narayan had uh, given a speech in Christ University years back. So I had uh, done my MBA there. So I had seen him, but I wish that I had also um, seen you in person, but maybe someday.
0: The last question, ma'am, you've had so many roles. You're the chairperson of Infosys Foundation. You're a writer for children. You're a writer for adults. You've been a teacher. You've been an engineer, wife, mother, grandmother. Which of these roles is the most dear to you? And which of the roles is the most challenging for you?
2: Every role, every time, every role is challenging. Uh, For example, when you're teenage children, mother's role is challenging. When you're building a company, uh, the financial uh, strains were on the family. It was challenging. Uh, when I write, I don't have this challenge because unless I am full of uh, the story is full in my mind, I will not write. Um, to be the chairperson of Infosys Foundation is challenging because there are 1,000 people who ask money. There are 2,000 people who are sitting on your head. There is enormous pressures on you, on me to give money to the political... Uh, parties,
1: reasons, etc. Uh, ma'am, before, before we end this, I have one more question, uh, if you have time. Um, So, we saw this quote of yours yeah. where you've said that um, relationships or peace of mind is way more important mm-hmm. than achievements and degrees. So, I wanted to know, ma'am, how do we find that balance? Because you have clearly You know, you clearly have a balance between both. You know, you've had a very successful life, and plus, you're very close to your family. And I think, uh, you know, Tara and I also aspire to do the same. So, what advice would you like to give us?
2: To have a good relationship, okay, you have to sacrifice a lot. It doesn't come just like that. You should have, you know, you should forgive people, like how Jesus Christ said, "You somebody will slap on one uh, cheek, you give another." Okay, it's not possible for us because we are not Jesus Christ. But by and large, you have to have a large heart. Forgive and forget. Then only you can keep relations. Otherwise, it is not possible. Tit for tat, no, then you can't. Children, no, no, like, you know, uh, unintentional hurt, you should forget. Intentional hurt also, I, I have oh, I forgot. I have forgiven people. Uh, so, but you should also remember, no relation stays forever strong. All relations are fragile. As much as possible, by sacrificing, by understanding, by forgiving, you can keep it alive. And with all these best intentions, sometimes you can't establish good relations with some people, then they are never meant to be like a message. If it is not mine, then it will not come back. Same way, if it is not meant for you, then it, even though what you do, your level best. Some relationships you can't improve. Okay, there you leave it. Which you can improve, which you can sustain. Like you know, you should have a relationship. You should sustain some of the relationship. You should sacrifice some of the relationship. You should you should care for some of the relationship, and you should go out of the way for some things. Every relationship varies from person to person, and that you should understand. You can't have the same yardstick for everybody.
0: I think, ma'am. Thank you so much for these insights. I think I'm going to come back to what you said. You know. Again and again, we're still you know, young, we're learning all of these things and to hear your wisdom, uh, it's just an amazing experience. Thank you so much. So as you know, Michelle, I edit children's books and it's really challenging because you have to think like a child and that's what I wanted to know from her today, which I'm so happy she answered because it's so much more difficult than editing for adults. Um, and she does it, you know, again and again. And I love the fact that she says that she just becomes that child.
1: Yeah, totally, and I am really excited about our next episode because we will be speaking to Krish Ashok, the author of Masala Lab. His book breaks down the concepts of food through science. I mean, how innovative is that?
0: Yeah, so you know, actually, for all you foodies out there, you you should not miss this episode because um, who doesn't like speaking about food, right? Food writing, and he has a lot. He's done. A, he has a lot of adventures in the kitchen, so we'll be speaking about this and. I think my stomach is already rumbling, so let's go and let's eat a good snack now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. My mouth is watering here, so please all of you read the book and join us next week. And like we said earlier, for any writer who's looking to make their published book reach a wider audience, we offer various book marketing services. So if you want to know more about our services, please reach out to us at Bound India on all our social media platforms. We are editors,
0: podcasters, and storytellers. And through Bound, we help you create stories and put them out into the world. Thanks a lot for tuning in to Books and Beyond with us. And we'll be back next Wednesday with Krish.